When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I, Charles the Fourth, or is it the Third? Bloody We will supply for the denazification of the Let me put it to you. Just a Yes, if you win by one, you've won. The phone went over the side. It is time to draw in the I just think everyone should be sure. What the fuck is going on? Hello, I'm Mark Steele. Welcome to my podcast where once again I am able to ask the question, what the fuck is going on? There are so many things to catch up on from the last few weeks. Things that make all decent, respectable, honourable citizens ask, what the fuck is going on? For example, over the last few years, many of the great British institutions have found their reputation has been battered. The royal family with all the scandals and Prince Andrew, the press with phone hacking, the police with corruption and racism and violent officers being protected. So who would have thought that the institution to top all this for utter rottenness was the fucking post office where you get your forms for a passport and buy stamps? It's become the most hated organisation in Britain for systematically ruining the lives of hundreds of innocent people. Who could have predicted that? Maybe the library service will challenge them. It will turn out they've been hiring Wagner mercenaries from Russia to chase fines for overdue books. And there'll be a TV drama about teams of them arriving at people's houses going, Mr. Prendergast, Flora and Fauna of Berkshire. Due back yesterday, you have 24 hours to produce book and fine, or you lose one finger for every day. Maybe help you remember. I brought it back on Saturday. Horizon Computer says not. Or the whole country was going, it's disgusting. Have you heard about the National Gallery? They sold a Renoir and used the money to buy Tomahawk missiles to flatten the Tate Modern and occupy the Damien Hurst exhibition. Yeah, I hadn't heard about it until I saw the ITV drama with Toby Jones. Oh, he was ever so good. He plays Tracy Emming. And now the government and the people responsible are going, isn't it awful? We must investigate how this happened. And the investigation should say, oh, we found out how it happened. It happened because you fucking did it. It's like someone stood by a burning building with an empty can of petrol and a flaming rag going, well, this is terrible. We must investigate how all of this caught fire because they were like these people who every time they go out to a pub or a restaurant, they go, oh my God, my bag's been stolen. Oh no, it's been stolen. And then they find out it's under the chair where they put it because the post office saw on their computer that their figures didn't add up. So they went, where can that money be? I know the most obvious answer. It must have been stolen by Mrs Huckleberry, who's 89 and has run the local post office branch in Much Wenlock since 1974 and is adored by everyone in the town and she's got an MBE for looking after sick badgers, the thieving cow. And then when it turned out there were hundreds of cases like this, they didn't consider that maybe the computer was wrong. They just went, oh, they're all robbing the place. All these people with no record of criminality or anything remotely unkind. All, by coincidence, at the same time, all started stealing thousands of pounds from the post office. It was so obviously not possible. It's like if it was suddenly reported that according to a computer, 
There were 700 cases of sheep rustling, all in the middle of Birmingham, including a lollipop lady who was 102 and had never been outside Deepbeth. And yet people were jailed and their lives were ruined. And it was only when people were furious about it after the drama on television that the government, who had known about this for 10 years, went, we're going to deal with this very swiftly. And it should be dealt with swiftly. The best way to deal with it swiftly is to be as thorough as the original investigations. A woman who works in the post office in Shropshire should be shown pictures of the post office board and she can go, oh, I don't like the look of that one. I'd put him in jail. He must be guilty. I've just written it on my laptop. And that's never wrong. Well, everybody, honest, wise, or decent had all gone. There was nothing left to ask. What the fuck is going on? This week, ex-Tory MP Nadine Boris surprised everyone by declaring that the person that she'd like to see replacing Rishi Sunak would be Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp. Nadine, why do you think Jurgen Klopp would make a good prime minister? Klopp is my hero. He's like Boris, he knows everything. But he said that Brexit was a huge mistake. Only because he was made to say that by Gary Lineker and Meryl Streep, the shithouse. It's like when Billy Three Socks confessed to Robin the Fruity because Danny the Drill threatened to set his pet humour on him. He also said, if there's something I will never do in my life, it is vote for the right. You're just trying to make me look stupid by using words. You're just jealous because Kloppy won the Champions League. The only European trophy you'd win is most pathetic virgin in Magaluf. He also called Boris Johnson's leadership a bad sign for the whole world. No, we never. I speak German and what he actually said was, me and Boris Johnson should run this country and I should be queen instead of that stuck-up cow Camilla. And Boris should play up front for Liverpool. And I should still be getting paid for being an MP. And my book was the best book he's ever read. And after his last game, he's going to come down to the grapes with Mo Salah, buy me a mango daiquiri with a strawberry in it because he's dead classy. And then me and him are going to sing You're the One That I Want in karaoke, you shithousey little shithouse. What the fuck is going on? Well, over the last few weeks, I've not been able to do this podcast. The awful, awful situation has been more worse than any other aspect of not being fully fit is that I haven't been able to find out what the fuck is going on through (laughs) the marvellous experts that we have here. So I am so delighted to have Suze Kempner, expert of experts. (laughs) Thank you for having me. And uh, I'm. What's happening? Oh, what, what, what the fuck is going on? Well, what the fuck's going on with you, please? (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, well, my voice is sort of like probably two thirds back, so that so yeah, it's usable. That's usable. Now there was about a three week period, so I had this thing called radiotherapy and a bit mm. of chemotherapy as well, but <clears throat> mostly radiotherapy. Mm-hmm. So there's a mask. <laughs> Which, oh, I could show you if you're lucky later. They make a mask and they <laughs> squash this over your face and force it down. And it's absolutely rock hard. Amazing how you right. get used to it really, really quickly. Right. You know, and then they bolt it down. And by the third day of it, you're going, it's not third day con- continuously, by the way, it's 10 minutes <laughs> each day. But by okay, so 10 minutes, right, right. Yeah. And then. On day three, you think, oh, here comes the rock art mask that squashes me face into a sort of, you know, as if it's a piece of clay. And and then they zap you with this sort of, they irradiate the the bits that ought not to be there in the hope that it burns it all away. I gotcha. And you sort of get, (laughs) you sort of get, you get used to it, you know, and then, but Mm -hmm. then gradually as these things attack all the bits in, in my case, my throat and voice region, so my voice disappeared totally for about three, three and a half weeks. Here's a funny thing, how the human mind works. So I went to the the pharmacy in the hospital to get me medication and the woman went, "Um, uh, yeah, what, what is it? It was very bored. What, what do you want? So I wrote down on the piece of paper they gave me, I put, oh, it's um, whatever the number was that was my number. And she went, have you had this medication before? And I, <laughs> uh, so I wrote down, yes, and gave her back the sheet of paper. And then she wrote, she wrote on the paper, have you, 
have you got any allergies? <laughs> so I wrote, you can speak to me. I can hear you. <laughs> and she went, oh, right, yeah, have you got any allergies? Wow. Why did she do that? That's amazing because because also this is her job like working I get that like her speciality is in communications um but this is her job this must have happened to her before <laughs> funny, isn't it? you think oh his voice is gone obviously he, he can't yeah he, I can't speak now <laughs> maybe she thought it'd be rude maybe there's some sort of policy yeah. it's offensive to people who can't speak to speak in their presence (laughs) (laughs) like if if someone comes in with one leg then they have to hop (laughs) (laughs) if someone's uh, lacking liver function they they just have to carve it out (laughs) it's it's sad it's hard working in a hospital we they are the heroes Uh, but but anyway, at the moment, at the moment, I feel all right, and as far as I know, I'm, I've got no more cancer than you know, any other cancer-free people. But we don't know; they've got to sort of Excellent. examine me first, and you know, and then it might all change. But I don't know. Meanwhile, in a more uh, terminal state is this. Uh, the people that run the country. I'm now yes. at a point, I don't know where you, you are with this, Sue's right. I'm now at the point with these that when I see someone criticising something that Rishi Sunak or Grant Shapps has done or said, I think, mm. oh, what's the point? They don't even mean <laughs> it. They don't know what they're doing. They've given up. They're just yeah. running round in a corner like a sort of animal that's gone crazy in the zoo. Mm. And a baboon <laughs> that's just gone rogue, and it's just don't take no notice now. Just let them do what they're doing. Let them shit it's in true. the corner. <laughs> do, do you find now? I find that like because there there'll be a story where, like Suella Braverman said something absolutely outrageous, yeah, and yeah. you see it and go, yeah, no, it, it is. But you, I don't really feel anything. It like bounces off you, like it, like like a toddler's thrown a, like a ball of paper at you or something. You're like, exactly, oh, yeah. it's like a toddler. And if a toddler's sh- or if a teenager, say that you've got a twelve year old that's just screaming, I hate you, I hate you, I wish you were dead, I wish I'd never been born. I, and then if they said something else, and I hope you die in a fire, you wouldn't go. Well, now let's look at the latest oh statement goodness. by the twelve year old. He said that he wished that I would die in a fire. But what would be the consequences of that? For that, those fucking, he'd be. T- you, you wouldn't. You just go. Oh, fucking shut up with your screaming, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, don't don't feed them. They shouldn't even. What if you did that? What if they did a press conference and they didn't turn? Nobody turned up. The press just didn't turn up. What's the yeah. point? Because you know what I mean. There's no. Yeah, what's the point? This Rwanda thing is so mad. It's not going to happen. It's mental. You've got a country. Mm-hmm. You've got Rwanda that's been charged with all manner of international bloody criminality. Going. Oh, I'm not sure if we should really be associated with Britain, given how appalling it is at the moment. We've given them millions and millions of pounds. <laughs> Didn't they offer to pay us back? Yeah. <laughs> We're now lower than Rwanda. Yeah. And and then why take note just on and they go, just fuck what are you doing? Just just leave them, put lock them in a room. And go, All right, I know it's constitutionally, you don't have to call an election for another ten months. So just sit in a room, here's some toys. Yes. Just Build them a little Fisher Price House of Commons, <laughs> <laughs> like they did for. I, I um, spoke to someone a couple of years ago whose dad was in a care home and he was uh, had a lot of dementia. And she said the best thing we've done for him is um, recreated like a desk, like his work desk from his office job in the seventies. She said, and then he just basically works at the desk all day. I was like, wow, that's Brilliant. so depressing. But but then I like yeah. my. Favorite Favorite thing to do is never work in an office. Maybe he loved his job. <laughs> so yeah, do that with the with the Tories. They can say the weirdest stuff they like. Then, well, they do anyway, don't they? <laughs> I really am. I'm not, I'm not just sort of arguing this. I actually feel it that mm. I'm not. I completely switch off now from whatever they've said they're doing. They, I assume they're going to be beaten in the election. Well, yes. I'm pretty sure they are. They, they, uh, they, it's it's done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
I don't I care about people's vibes. Yeah, which is, makes no. Labour's behaviour all the more baffling. But then I'm a it does. Well, we'll come to that in a second. But cock. I think because yeah. like yeah, <laughs> uh, they're, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're, uh, they're so I know it's why are Labour so cowardly? You'd think that when you're sort of. Um, 25% ahead in the polls and the conservatives are down between 20 and 25% and even that only fluctuates according to how how many votes they lose to uh, the, the crazy the UK yes the reform party yeah people yeah. or Farage or whatever so you would think that they would be able to be quite bold wouldn't you but they're so mm-hmm. scared what if everybody yeah. they're like a football fan and their team's falling up with three minutes to go and they're going oh we might still lose and they're yeah. just you think oh do do something interesting <laughs> so you could yeah. be off you're on top now you know you're you just don't oh it's just Never mind the politics of it. Just personally, show some fucking adventure, man. Do something exciting. <laughs> and and I'm I'm get, getting a bit fed up with hearing. Well, don't criticise them now because then people won't vote for them. You can criticise them when they're in power as much as you like. And all the people who say that, I guarantee, the first time like Labour are in power six weeks, and I go, yeah, not sure Keir Starmer handled that very well. They'd be the first ones to jump in and go, give him a chance. It's only been six weeks. Yeah, 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 I know yeah. what's coming. I, I can see why people think that because you know I get because it's so, yeah, it's been so long. And of course you feel if you keep losing, of course, of course you think it can go wrong, it can go wrong. And and then I remember actually with Pete, the producer, we wrote a sketch. I can't remember this, the sort of similar point before Blair got in, which I think was very different to this in many ways. But yeah, I remember yeah, we yeah. wrote a sort of a speech of a parody speech of what Blair was saying, which was something along the lines of um, in order to get into power, we've got to promise absolutely nothing. Now, I know that there are some people who say, what's the point of getting into power if you don't do something? But if we do something, we might lose the chance to do nothing. And it's yeah. and, and uh, it was something like that. <clears throat> but Blair, uh, all sorts of things, the minimum wage and yeah. devolution and mm-hmm. short start and fox hunting bat and things like that. Yes. And the, 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 that looks like positively exciting, didn't it, compared to, it does, to that, this? He, I've, I've um, sort of nerdily read the 97 uh, manifesto. Uh, I read it in 2017 and I read it more recently. And it actually makes for like good reading. I, I obviously can't stand the way Blair ended up, but that's how they started. Started, and this is what we've got now. And you've got people, and Blair was super charismatic. He was sort of a proto-Obama in that way. Um, so he came across as this quite exciting young, fresh leader. So being told by people, uh, well, in 1997, Labour had to swing quite a long way to the right in order. And I'm like, that's nearly 30 years ago. That would, I think Owen Jones has made the point, that would be like Blair's government going, right, what was Harold Wilson doing? We need to recreate that. Um, and it, it's it's bizarre hearing it from people when I'm like, I can I know what the two things were. You can't say they were the same. And Blair was inheriting a pretty decent economy, and we are not. <laughs> yes, and this lot are... And also this lot, I think John Major wasn't personally despised, whereas this no. lot are just seen, in, seen as such. I'm not even sure they're despised. Some of them are despised, but Sunak's probably just seen as an idiot, really, who's falling into the job and what's he doing? Yeah. And he should really be like put in a room and told, <laughs> you know, now this is the next person you're going to meet. And um, mm. <clears throat> he, go- he comes on this podcast, actually, he gives uh, financial advice. <laughs> so uh, on the subject of the people whose opinions it's not even worth discussing Lawrence Fox right? yeah so i'm i'm sort of dragged into the Lawrence Fox world against my my wishes in a way because so many people are going what do you think about Lawrence Fox gotcha. and i think he's just an entitled little idiot who's again he's someone if he wasn't so privileged and hadn't been given like this guy Hoskin who gives who backs his party just reading yesterday this guy Hoskin who backs Jeremy Hoskin backs uh, backs funds Lawrence Fox's party if he can give it such a grandiose title (laughs) and amongst the causes that he's that he's funded are four and a half million pounds that he funded for a legal action against the brother of 
Tory MP Andrew Bridgen because he was supporting Andrew Bridgen's claim to take over the family's potato farm. <laughs> of all the calls, you think it's if you so have four and a half million pounds, <laughs> you can put this towards any cause. It can go to, you know, like Medicine Sans Frontieres or it can go yes. to sort of, you know, I don't know, there can be you can, a village or a donkey sanctuary, Keir Starmer's donkey sanctuary. Yes. It can, anything. <laughs> Save the whale. It can go to Gaza, it can go to Yemen, it can go to people mm-hmm. who are starving here or there. No, I'm going to give it to a fucking mental person's claim. I don't know Andrew Bridgen's brother, but I bet he's more fucking capable of running a potato farm than Andrew fucking Bridgen. Agree. Yeah, I. Uh, it sounds like something from you'd read about from like a, a, a quirk in history from seventeenth century yes. Russia, doesn't it? It'd be like this story. Like it, when I first tell you the outline, you'll think, "Well, there can't be anything interesting in there." But just you wait. It's three hundred and fifty years ago, but it's fucking brilliant. It'll be one of those. <laughs> yes, we've got plans. We've got plans for Bridgen's oven-ready chips. <laughs> You know this better than me because I was deliberately not look, looking at this. I've only seen the verdict. What's the t- details of what he's been done for? So uh, Lawrence Fox called um, a drag queen called Crystal, who's pretty well known, and uh, a guy who works for Stonewall, a paedophile, called them both paedophiles. And then people went, oh, that, Lawrence, are you you just called two gay men paedophiles. Do you mean that, do you think all gay men are paedophiles? He went, no. So then he called Nicola Thorpe uh, a paedophile. He's like, there we go. I've called a woman one now. And... Um, they have called him racist and it's, he's been taken to court over it. Now, I get when I see his name's trending on anything, I instantly get depressed because I'm like, great, this is the next 48 hours, isn't it? Endless, same recycled takes about Lawrence Fox. I, like you, I'm so tired of hearing from this guy who has nothing original to say. He's not even, it's not even like, wow, that's a fresh new bit of hate. No, it's the same shit. He's got nothing. He's got nothing. I'd prefer to listen to his music. Um, and I'm I'm really tired of it, but to see him lose in court yesterday and then say, well, I suppose racism has no meaning anymore. I'm leaving Twitter and then return 13 hours later to be like, and oh, another thing. That, that was quite good fun. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So he called. So he called. He called people paedophiles, and that's what he's been yeah. done for. Yeah. And uh, yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a shame because we could then. Yeah, it could have set a precedent then, and we could we could call anyone a paedophile. <laughs> I know. Now you can't. You can't even just go around calling everyone a paedophile now because woke. <laughs> But Lawrence Fox is just, uh, he's got none of Farage's charm, has he? So <clears throat> he's just an no, idiot. He's the idiot in the cafe. Mm, he's too emotional as well. He lets it get to him, whereas Farage doesn't as much. He does a bit. Yeah. <laughs> but for Lawrence Fox, it doesn't take much. And he's flipping out. He's furious and taking it very personally, whereas what? Farage lets it wash off him. Maybe what we should do is that everyone in the media should agree that instead of commenting on Lawrence Fox, they agree pick a bloke in a cafe and they go oh have you seen what and then the bloke in the cafe will be trending on to have you heard what he said now have you heard what he said he said christmas is going to be cancelled because of the muslims that's what he said that's what he said while he was oh, waiting for his beans yeah. <laughs> and then it's like oh great 48 hours about cafe man is it oh good <laughs> oh he's been sued again he's been sued he called dermot o'leary a paedophile <laughs> so, Suze, so, I I feel much, much, much more informed now than uh, than I did. Thanks, thanks so much. So, where are you touring about, aren't you? You've done it brilliantly over this last year. Oh, thank you. I've been, I'm here, there, and everywhere. I'm I'm doing Edinburgh again this year, so I'm getting a new show ready for Edinburgh, which will then be touring in the autumn. And the show is oh, I've settled on the title, Class of Two Thousand, um, because I've got a sort of um, niche line in doing millennial comedy for people who remember being a teenager in the year two thousand and remember hope. Uh, so it's that sort. Of, it's that, and I'm going to do loads of stuff about class because. Um, I'm lower middle class and my uh, mother is a professional dressage rider. So I've mixed with the 
with the most elite of the elite. And I know that they're not better than us. They're just richer than us. So I wanted to do a show about class and nostalgia and uh, dressage. One of my favourite tweets I ever saw on Twitter was during the last Olympics and the dressage was on and someone put, what a lot of people don't understand is for a lot of these kids, dressage is the only way out of the ghetto. (laughs) 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 Uh, And are you going to be singing in this? Oh, yeah. There's always always some tuneful yelling, yeah. Marvellous, marvellous. Well, no, it's not tuneful yelling, it's very beautiful. We can't see one night at that beautiful place, didn't we? Oh, in the Crazy Cox. Mm, mm. Oh, that was, it's a great venue. I always sound better in there. So you, you picked a good one. <laughs> oh, no, it was absolutely lovely. Thank you so much, Suze, and good luck Thank on everything you. in Edinburgh, which is probably a mere 11 months away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, stretches, it stretches before us an eternity of time to get a show ready. Oh, no. Uh, but yes, congratulations on your continued recovery. Thank you. There'll be five more major international catastrophes will have taken place between now and then. Exactly. I'll have loads of material, so no one worry. (laughs) If you would like to hear more of that interview with Suze, then you can join us on Patreon, where there is an extended version available. And it is thanks to our wonderful, virtuous, radiant Patreon supporters that we can continue our quest to find out what the fuck is going on. So just follow the link on our Twitter page or go to www.patreon.com, which Sean pointed out nobody uses, and type in what the F is going on. And for, just go to Google and type in what the F is going on. That, that should do it. <clears throat> and for as little as £2 a month, you will get at £2 a month the price of a thimble. You will get early access to ad-free ad-free versions of the regular episodes. Or if you really want to know what's going on, for just £4 a month, you'll get a longer ad-free version of the episode with extended versions of the guest interviews with Extra Elliot. And all of our Patreon supporters get the episodes on Friday nights, unlike everybody else who has to wait until Saturday mornings, often building time machines to to think, oh, I'm not going to go back to 1890 and kill the baby Hitler. I want to go back to last night to get to the, uh, the an early episode of what the fuck is going on. There'll be loads of people doing that once they've invented the thing. Go to www.patreon.com or however you get to things and type in what the F is going on and you will join the WTF community. One of the joys of January is the return of the wildlife programme Winter Watch, and we're lucky to have an exclusive clip from next week's episode which features their guest presenter, George Galloway. Here I am, concealed within the forest, where right above me is a tawny owl. Let me put it to you, tawny owl. Your nocturnal ululations and persistent Neck rotations serve only as a smokescreen for your malevolent and egregious assault upon the upstanding rodents and associated field foals, wood mice, and shrews of the forest. And yet, needless to say, Mr. Biden has said nothing about the unfolding conflict that rages within the arboreal landscape. But just as the heroic peasants of Nicaragua rose up against the cruel dictator Somoza, so a mighty army of woodland mammals will overthrow your despotic avian tyranny, your directional hearing skills and ability to fly inordinably shall not protect you from the inevitable historic defeat that will lead to the downfall of the hierarchical animal kingdom to be replaced by an animal and insect collective republic. That, Dorney Owl, is why I shall be withholding my donations to the Royal Society 
for the protection of birds, and instead diverting the funds to the revolutionary forces of the Ferret Liberation Army. What the fuck is going on? It has come to that time of the week once again where the nation all stops, maybe invites the family round like they do at Christmas to listen to the Queen or King's speech, and they settle down for the announcements that one of the great traditions that goes back thousands of years, Saxons used to do it. They used to sit round and listen to the announcements every Saturday at one o'clock. Oh, here he comes. Here comes King Harold. What are this week's announcements? Uh, the plague uh, will be one week later this year. Oh, that, that sort of thing. But the they, announcements probably mattered at that time. Now announcements, it's just, oh, don't bloody record this because you'll you're, the, you're, you're protect the music industry by don't whistle. Whistling is ruining the musicians industry, whatever it is. And, then, and then just constant announcements on trains and buses and every time you leave the station, it says your next station stop will be Middle Fuckbury. And uh, you are reminded that as it's January, it will be cold. So please, when you get outside, make sure you wrap up warm and don't put your jumper on inside the coach Otherwise, when you get out, you won't feel the benefit. Past customers are reminded not to travel to Iceland or anywhere in the Arctic Circle during the month of January, as it can be cold and it can be slippy. And <clears throat> I've not really got any announcements at the moment because I've not really been, uh, you know, I've not been able to sort of announce to do anything because I'm not been well. So uh, I don't know what fucking what can I announce? I can announce that next. Tuesday, I've got an appointment at the hospital. So I'm really sorry not to be able to join in with the announcements. <laughs> Do people listen to these things? Most podcasts have about 35 minutes of announcements now. Uh, and also, I will be appearing at the... Uh, I'll be appearing at the, at the Eel and Bucket in Telford... On Wednesday night, and there are still some tickets available for that. And there's a fantastic, uh, there's a fantastic lineup of Mr. Spunk Bubble and his liquidized guinea pigs. Always very, very funny. <clears throat> but I haven't really got any of those at the moment. Nonetheless, people have been getting in touch with us on our Patreon account as well as on Twitter, wanting to know what the fuck is going on with certain things. Now, one of the things that people have been sending me on Patreon is these absolutely delightful messages saying, oh, Mark, get well soon. Lovely to know that you're back soon and things like that. And that's really the, what other purpose is there to having a podcast than on the off chance you get some serious illness, then you just get loads and loads of, because otherwise... You know, I, 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 that's brilliant for the ego. This has been the best thing that's ever happened to me, this. And then loads of people saying, get well soon. We miss you, Mark. It's, it's fucking brilliant. I feel really sorry for these people who are well. But thank you very, very much. I cannot tell I, I'm honestly not joking. I cannot tell you how appreciated I am for you. It's really delightful. Um, <clears throat> nonetheless, Jamie Renton on Twitter asks... What the fuck is going on with the Tory leadership contest? We haven't had one for ages. Very good point, Jamie. I think that there should be one every six months. It should be like when the clocks go round. It's just something that happens. And so uh, people go, oh, the Prime Minister goes round uh, this Saturday night. <laughs> so don't forget and at the, on that night on the television after the programmes and on Radio 4 when it shuts down. And don't forget that the Prime Minister will be uh, going round at three o'clock in the morning. Don't forget to uh, set your watches for the Prime Minister going round. Till then, good night. And then you wake up, oh, and then, for, and then some people for weeks, the sort of people like me <coughs> who leave the old, who don't change the times on the digital clocks, and then it gets to sort of January and think, oh, there's no point now. I'll be back to normal at the end of March. Those people will still be going, 
Oh, Liz Trust the Prime. It's not Liz Trust the Prime Minister anymore, though. It is. Oh, God, I forgot it went round. I think you're, you're right, Jamie. I think it should be like that. Every six months. We don't know who it is. Could be anybody. Could be just me. You know, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Sunak. Rishi, you know, but this, just get, or um, Matt Ancock could be get get fed up. He could be doing it, and then get fed up, and just let the bloke who runs his local pub do it. Things like that. It doesn't really matter, does it? The same. Um, Paul Granger on Patreon asks: Any thoughts on funding being withdrawn for the UNRWA due to allegations against uh, some of its staff? <coughs> Uh, now, this is the organisation that was a charity that was providing aid in Gaza and to Palestinians in general. And allegations, quite serious allegations, have been made against a handful of its staff. And so loads and loads, like governments across Europe are going, well, we're not giving any money to that then, not anymore, seeing as some of the staff have behaved very badly. And so, therefore, we're not giving any money to people in Gaza because like the kids who are who have been bombed and and have got like a limb missing and were crawling along to some sort of aid camp where they can hope to get a little bucket of thin soup why should they get money when the someone who works for the organization maybe in an entirely different country that is providing the food has got allegations against them I'm sure the kids will understand. Incidentally, not to be too, like, tub-thumping about this, but allegations have also been made against the Israeli government. Allegations, indeed, of... uh, Allegations, indeed, in a criminal court that upheld the allegations. So, presumably now, the American government and all the other governments in the world will go, oh, we can't give any funding or sell any arms to Israel, look what they've done according to the International Criminal Courts. That's me banned from various things. Hope you know now what the fuck is going on. I've been missing this. Now, as I try to rehabilitate myself with what might the fuck be possibly going on uh i am forced to confess that it's not possible to do it without the voice of the slightly younger generation well he's just as much younger than me as he always used to be but we're both he's not catching me up but he's here with us now elliot still hello you all right yeah you did well you you know how i am oh yeah yeah sorry i forgot we had a, a very classic 21st century moment yesterday as we're speaking here, it's we're not allowed to talk about that. I'm not talking to you about the, the how you watch the football because it's completely like we can't have that on the podcast. We had a very 21st century uh, moment this week. Where were you? You were in. You were away somewhere, weren't you? Southampton. Southampton, and I needed to watch something, and it was on this stream, and right. Already, you fucking couldn't have made it clearer what this is. Like that is the, <laughs> the, 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 like we can't talk about how we watch the football. Is it that illegal? Yes, it's it's like a serious crime. It's a serious like, crime. The, the, the people who were people got thirty years in prison for running. Who did? For watching the fucking football for running his goal. The people who used to run his goal got thirty years in prison. 30 years? Yeah, they've got, they got some serious time. That's like the same as murder. More than murder. More than murder. It's worse than murder yeah. to watch Wolves versus Ipswich. They don't really give a fuck if you kill someone, mate. If you interrupt like, money, they care. So that, uh, I, they don't, the only reason murder's like, got a rate to it is because they're like, oh, I suppose we better give it something. But if you <laughs> ever fucking commit like fraud or did you ever like notice how you can do something to HMRC or someone makes a bit of money they shouldn't have made the government clamps down and takes everything but if you're as long as as long as you're in the government you're allowed to fucking do what you like oh you're allowed to go oh we can get as many like you know you can just pick up toilet paper and then sell it as masks to the NHS for 50 pounds a pop <laughs> no that, that's perfectly legal 
But if I watch <laughs> fucking Crystal Palace, Sheffield United, and it gets found out, I get taken to prison and treated like I'm in fucking Midnight Express. <laughs> what are you in for? We we watch Palace. <laughs> having to go, having getting put on a special wing where they have to put all the paedophiles for their own safety because I decided because I want to watch lead one game on a Wednesday night. <laughs> Not that I do that. I don't watch these games. I don't have any means to watch these games because I respect I respect the three PM blackout in this country. <laughs> I think it's I, I think it's a really good rule that you can't watch the things that you want to watch. <laughs> really love that. Instead of watching that, I go. Do you know what? I'm going to go support my local conference team instead, seeing as I'm not able to watch the game. And that's why the conference league is just packed full of people all the time. Mm. Well, uh, I can see the government's point because, it, you know, if you can just stream anything and watch it, it starts with 3 three p.m. kickoffs. And before you know it, you've got illegal prize fighting, dog fighting, the dog fighting stream. I, I, bet, I, bet, I, bet you could get, I bet you could get that. Not that we've got one. I bet you could get that on one of those fire sticks or something. I bet you can. And I bet it comes from, live from Swanley every week. <laughs> That'd be like... <laughs> <laughs> the farling in woods at the back of Swanley that's where the I think that's that's you know like um, we've got uh, the Etihad Stadium or Wembley or Twickenham for yeah. rugby and Branzach and Silverstone for Formula One and farling in woods around the back of Swanley for dog fighting uh, they'll go and strike balls, but there'll be a blackout, so I have to sit there and be like, watch yeah, Jeff Snelling go. This. There's, been, there's, there's been a mauling, but which way has it gone? <laughs> oh, what a cut to the throat. Oh, and fans of toddlers, you're going to want to look away now. The XL bully has in the last... <laughs> Basically, the, the, the Rottweiler has come in from the left. No one's picked him up, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> we're here, yeah, we're here in Swanley High Street. All right, what you looking at? That'll, um, I drove through there a couple of months ago. And uh, sometimes I do that. If I'm in Kent and I'm on, I think I've gone down to Margate where I went for the in town to look around because I'm doing an in town. <coughs> an in-town show there. I came back and I was sort of driving, to, decided to drive back through Swanley. And it always amazes me that you think, oh, I'm unkind to the place. Not the people, not the people, but the place. And it's, yeah, it's like, however many, it's 150 years since I lived there. And I think, oh, it's all different now. It'll be all different. It'll be all cosmopolitan like everywhere. And there'll be a mosque and a, <coughs> and um, there'll probably be a whole market. There is, there is absolutely... If one place in the UK is going to kick off about a mosque, even being suggested putting near it, it is Swanley. Oh, my God. <clears throat> if I was a millionaire, if I was a millionaire, I would seek planning permission for a mosque in Swanley <laughs> <laughs> just to see what happens. absolute great use of fun. Yeah, be worth it. Though. <laughs> if you win the lottery, what's the first thing you're gonna do? I'm going to be on a mosque in the just to see what happens, just to see the rage. They wouldn't even be accepted on a curry house. No, yeah, with a special. Uh, Sort of with a special little extension put on, which would be a, for a trance mosque. <laughs> well, I think the actual mosque would then so join with the people of Swanley to get angry about the trance mosque. Yeah, <laughs> it hilarious. would unite. They actually because that's that's the way you've got like, the way people. But this is a thing that don't realise is like with the with the, like if, if you want to create unity between the people of Kent, and I'm going to say the people of Kent. Because it is the people of Kent. No, I like Kent. I like Kent as well, but let's not lie. The people of Kent are are absolutely brilliant to have a pint with, but not two. 
I like Ken as well because I like sitting around and talking, you know, nonsense with like because I'm that some I'm scum as well to a degree. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, like I'm not like you know, I my answer to the boat crisis isn't a gunship. And that's what they, if you go and knock on the door of everyone in Kent and go, how do you think we should stop the boats? They're going to go, we should fucking nuke Calais. That's what we should do. Well, and some people do, but not, no, no, I don't, no, no, no I'm not having that. There's been a um, big, uh, there's been protests and stuff, big uh, protests in support of Palestinians in Thanet, I noticed. Yeah, but the majority of Kent, the majority of Kent, Dover, right? It's Go a bit to Dover. Yeah. Ask because the rest of the world thinks the White Cliffs of Dover. Wow, what a magical place that must be! <laughs> what a what a beautiful, beautiful place that is. And then you go to Dover. The people there, and they look, you know. If I was brought up in Dover and all the, I'd have these opinions as well. I would be, I would be like this. So you know, I can't, I can't look down on them, but I can a little. And uh, it's just chaos. It's just, uh, it's just people who. Uh, well, been, it's been, it's been ruined, isn't it? Because it was a place that depended on the ports, and that was, um, that's just gone down the toilet. And the most recent example is P and O, who went bankrupt and just left every and just. Made people redundant and didn't care in the middle yeah, yeah, of the but, pandemic. But, 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 you're right. You can't. You can't blame. I, look, the underlying problem with all of these things is the capitalist infrastructure we live in. Uh, completely will not be happy until it's ripped all the money away from everyone into one single person pocket. But but you can't you can't explain that to people because people have short memories. So you go, they go, oh, the fucking world is in this way because of trash. People and you go, no, do you remember like the do you remember the, the bank crash in 08 where the banks all fell and they knew they were doing like completely evil with immoral stuff and they were bailed out by the government and austerity was imposed so the poor had to pay for it. And they go, No, it's that student broke bloke in a in a boat there, it's all him. And you go, Well, no, it, it isn't all him. Like and that that's that's what that's what happens because you have a press that's owned by the right wing. Like it's and they and they're in cahoots with their with the government and the government. It's, it's all just this design system that we're living through that's going to turn into anarchy at some point. Yes, but I don't think you can blame all the people from Dover anymore. Oh, I think I think I think there is lots to blame as anyone else. <laughs> I was I have a telling story. We show it's, it's true about our when I was at the uh, I went to France on the boat and. <laughs> It was just before P and I went bankrupt, and it was just so run down and horrible. And this poor woman there, you know, when you go to a place, a workplace, and it's just horrible, and no one can have any pride in it. <clears throat> that wasn't her fault. This woman, she's in there, a little P and O uniform, and you have to queue up, show your passport, and she checks to see if you bought your ticket, and then she gives you a little token, and you go and stand outside. Of this really run down sort of little tatty office with all bits of paint peeling off it, and a couple of posters on the wall about how you're not allowed to take a dog with rabies across to France or something. <coughs> and uh, so, this is the woman working at the ferry terminal talking to people all day that are either English going to France or France going back to France. And woman in front of me spoke a few words in French the woman didn't uh, sort of understand I don't think she even understood it was French and she was going and so I tried to help out a bit and the P&O woman went oh don't talk to me in French my French is fucking shit and I I actually really liked her for that. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> I thought that, that was um, quite sweet. There was something really humble about it. There was something that was like, oh, 
Now, on top of everything else, I'm supposed to speak an extra language and I'm paid like minimum wage to sit here all day, bored, sending people backwards no, and forwards. Exactly. She, you know, she's probably sat there on a ketamine come down or something from the night before <laughs> and she doesn't even want to work this job. And now there's some fucking French person turned up and is banging on. <laughs> and you go, I don't care if you get back to France or not. Like, I'm paid £8 an hour. <laughs> uh, that shit could sink. And I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even turn to look. I'd just, I'd just stare at TikTok. I'd, I'd, like, I, get, I don't care. Which I, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't turn to look. Hey, have you seen the ship? It's sinking. Uh, yeah, leave uh, it out. Where I've got look, there's a thing here yeah. with an, an otter on a slide. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. To, I'm trying. To, I'm watching someone throw a giant bouncy ball off a dam. I'm more interested in that. And even that's too long. Even that's too. There's too much build up. I want to just see the ball fall off the dam. I don't like that. There's someone talking before it. That's where we're at as a society. That's where it is. Elliot, still. Where can people? people uh, can people still get tickets for your show? I think so. I think there's something for us. Okay. I don't know. I don't know how many people I'm on from this podcast. I mean, they're they're no, they're never that nice to me online about this podcast. Well, you certainly know how to sell things. Uh, well, look, actually, I you've probably got a whole podcasts. bus that was coming from Dover, and you'll never know <laughs> why forty no, I, tickets have been cancelled. I'll be on sorry of it. I'll be on tour and stuff. There, you can find my link tree. So over here on March 13th, there's tickets left, I think. The extra, the, right, you all know about this, sorry, and I know we're running over here. The theatre do this weird thing where they go, it's sold out. And then you go, oh, great, it's sold out. And they go, oh, actually, it's not sold out because we've held some tickets back that went out. And you go, why didn't you, why didn't you really talk to the tickets? And they go, because we don't want to make things easy. And that is the only thing that I can think of. So now all shows have tickets left, even though they were sold out. So we put oh. in an extra day in a 150-seater room because we went, hey, it's sold out. And then the theatre went, yeah, great, that's brilliant. And then it went, oh, by the way, the other shows aren't sold out, even though we build it as sold out. Okay. So there's tickets for all dates. Oh, okay. Well, there we are. That's good news for anybody who wants to come but can't come on March the 13th. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much, Elliot Steele. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you've liked it, rate it. And if you can be bothered, write a review. If you can't be bothered, painstakingly agonize over every syllable of your review. Rewrite it, rewrite it. Like uh, the character in that George Orwell book that never finishes a poem. Be like that. Spend the rest of your life thinking about the review. Talk about it. Ask people, write it in several different languages, including ones that have been forgotten, like ancient Wiltshire. If there is anything at all that you think I should be finding out what the fuck is going on with it, please send me a message on Twitter at WTF is going on pod, at WTF is going on pod, and we will look at every message that you send. If you would like to become a WTF supporter for as little as £2 a month and get early access to ad free and extended versions, please visit our Patreon page. What the fuck is going on? was hosted by me, Mark Steele, with my guests, Suze Kempner and Elliot Steele. Voices by Sarah Alexander. It was written by Mark Steele and PC Claire. The music was by Willie Down and it was produced by Mike Benwell at Carousel Studios. What the fuck is going on? What's brought to you by WTF Productions.